You're listening to Comedy Central. I'm a black immigrant. It's a little different. You know, I say it to people, it's like being a black immigrant is like winning the golden ticket to go to Willy Wonka's factory. You get there. You super excited. And like, oh, nobody told you. You're an Oompa Loompa. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Oompa Loompas are black people, okay? <laughs> Go rewatch that movie. Go rewatch that movie. You realize that the Oompa Loompas are the only people of color in the entire movie. <laughs> to make matters even worse, Willy Wonka said, yeah, I went over to their land I went, and I brought them to my factory on my boat. That is literally <laughs> what he said. And you can't tell me Oompa Doompa Doopity Doo's not a goddamn Negro spiritual, okay? <laughs> Oompa Loompas are black people. They're black people. I know what you're thinking right now. All the Oompa Loompas in that movie, they were singing, they were dancing, they were having a good time. Yeah, those were house Loompas, okay? <laughs> the rest of the Oompa Loompas, they ain't singing, they ain't dancing. They're in the field, they are picking cotton candy. That's what's happening. And when Willy Wonka talks to these Loompas, his tone's a little different, you know? He's called them Oompa Loompa with a hard ER. <laughs> He's being a really uppity one, Kunta Kinte style with a whip made out of red vines. <laughs> He's like, your name, your name, Loomper, is Toblerone, okay? What's up, Hi-Hafia? Sutniks, Takarganauts, whatever you guys like to be called, or just listeners to the show. I'm Tom Takar. Uh, this is Stand Up with Tom Takar, and you just heard Opie Alagbaju, and uh, that was from his Comedy Central stand-up featuring set. You can see the whole thing on Comedy Central's stand-up YouTube page, where you can see all kinds of good stuff, like full specials. I think they just put up Hannibal's special that I'll probably... St- Still be up by the time this comes out. So get up there. Uh, you're going to have a good time on that. Uh, as always, I'm joined by producer extraordinaire, Coach T. How are you, Coach? Uh, I'm doing well, man. As always, man. I'm doing really good. Nice. That is good to hear. I was just telling you off mic, uh, I am at a separate location than my normal apartment because uh, it is truly raining inside of my apartment it's uh it would have been too loud to uh to record in there so it's raining in new york right now yeah it's raining pretty good uh and we have our ceiling is completely falling apart and we told we told our landlord about it like weeks ago and they keep coming by being like what oh this is new to me and we're like what are you talking about like i have proof otherwise we're trying to move, but uh, I probably shouldn't get too into that for legal purposes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what a way to come home. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out real fast. You saw this too, Coach, right? Marcus uh, Matthews. Oh, the fan uh, the, the fan art. He sent us in some fan art uh, on Twitter and on uh, the email. The email is suttpod at gmail.com, by the way, if you have any jokes that you need a detective to figure out who the joke was from or what it was exactly you know uh this guy made fan art for joke detective and i gotta tell you i was in a bad mood when i got that it made my day thank you marcus that was cool as hell it's like a little comic book uh version of joke detective and i i just love it it uh it was really cool and uh, i think he said it was because of that episode where i spent like days digging through yeah. for that stupid and that's uh, not stupid, but that metric time joke. And that was like um 
That's how I see you too when you're doing your joke detective shit. That's what it looks like in my head. <laughs> That's he nailed it. That's how I feel when I do it. I gotta buy that whole. My girlfriend was like, "You gonna buy that whole costume?" And I was like, "Maybe I should." You uh, should. So that's the official Tom Takar Halloween outfit. That's it. There you go. And by the way, I know a lot of you. Uh, we're recording this pre-Halloween, so by the time it comes out, it'll be post-Halloween by a few days. But. I know a lot of you dressed up as Coach and Tom, and yeah. uh, I appreciate we, it. We appreciate all the pictures. We haven't gotten any yet, but I assume by the time this airs, we'll have gotten a flood of them. <laughs> and I know, you, like, it's probably unsafe to trick or treat, but if you do it as Tom and Coach, send pictures. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It's so funny to me to think of people going to like a Halloween store. Like, do you have the Tom and Coach? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, um, we should get to some jokes. We have a segment that we like to do up top called Make Tom and Coach Laugh. In these trying times, you know, you guys get to laugh. You guys get to listen to the, the stand-up that we play. Uh, and if you don't like hearing us talk, fast forward through it, baby. That you're going to get to the comedy fast enough. But, uh, you know, we like to laugh too, you know? So uh, people send in jokes to, through the submission form on Comedy Central's website. Like I said, uh, if you can't find it, uh, just Google Make Tom and Coach Laugh or uh, go to my Instagram and there's a link to the submission form. You got to do it that way or else it's illegal. I think for us to read your jokes, I don't totally know how that works, but yeah. uh, I've, I've, we had some jokes for the people here. Um, the first one I want to read is from Alex Tobin, who says uh, interventions are always sat in a circle, which is why it was hard to get over my duck duck goose problem. <laughs> okay, that's a very silly joke. I, I like it's a, super silly. <laughs> I love it's, a silly joke like that. I heard intervention and I was like, "Oh, we're going dark." And he's like, <laughs> "Then he brought it back." <laughs> it's a little curve. It's a little change-up pitch there. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's that's almost the definition of a joke. <laughs> it's a change-up pitch. Yeah. Almost every joke is a change-up. Not everyone. Some of them are just straight ahead at you fastballs where. You're just describing something uh, crazy, and I like those too. Um, I like this one just because it's a, it's a, it's just some of these are just good joke structure, and I appreciate it. That last one was good for that. This is from David Gamble Jr., who says America is the Kanye West of nations. We put out some real bangers early on, but now we've hooked up with a reality TV star, and nobody in the world wants to listen to us. Damn, David. <laughs> I think David's I mean, having I, a tough 2020. That's what I think. Yeah, I don't even know. The problem is I don't know if David's right about this. I think a lot of people want to hear from Kanye West. I, he was just on Rogan. I think uh, yeah, I'm curious well. what people thought about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about Kanye, man. He's like... <laughs> I'm like, he I always, like he, love I his like, music, and then it's not for it, the latest stuff is not for me. But I like, I like, I like, as I'm a producer, and I like what he's doing. He's creating new sounds, and I think it's really dope. It's just his personality, man. It's getting, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. 
<laughs> I miss I the old. Know, man. I miss the old Kanye. <laughs> I I do too. I miss the old Kanye too. I keep just uh, thinking it's gonna come back uh, that he's gonna come back to that. I he was always really this will. guy. He just has more money. In I don't a, even know how this one ended up. Here. Oh, here we go. This was uh, this is the last one. It's just because it's relevant. Uh, Colin Mock sent sent in. Uh, it's pretty easy for a DoorDash driver to recognize a customer has COVID when the order includes eleven bottles of water from Taco Bell. Uh, I think he's right. <laughs> Eleven bottles of water from Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's right. Uh, all right, thanks for sending those jokes, guys. I appreciate it. Again, you got to send those in via the link, and uh, you know we, it brings us joy. I think it brings some listeners joy. So uh, find that link. It's my. It's in my Instagram bio. It's uh, the link. It's Tom Takar. T H A K K A R. Uh, all right. I think we should play these people some clips. What do you think, Coach? Hey, man, I think it's go time. Let's go. Let's time. go. I had a nice time listening to some comedy yesterday while my uh, home was falling apart. <laughs> these, these are the choices that I made. Uh, like I said, I already played Opie Alagbaju. I hope you guys liked him. And uh, the next two clips I have for you, I'm very excited to do. I think it's relevant. I know that it was, it's was. it been a few weeks now, but he did host Saturday Night Live earlier uh, this month, and that is Bill Burr. And the other comic I have for you is Jackie Cation, and uh, this is these are both from their Comedy Central Presents. Here are Bill Burr and Jackie Cation. I was listening to George Bush today. You guys like George? No? Yes? No? I like George. You know what I like about George Bush? He makes me feel like I could be president, too. the first guy like from my reading level you know like the first guy like from my math class to finally go out and do something you know what I love about George he can't say the word terror he can't he uses the word every speech he can't say terror he goes tear <laughs> that's what he says he goes America will not stand for tear anybody who supports tear if you're a terrorist we're gonna get you what kind of president goes, we're going to get you? He's, he's like some redneck they dragged out of a barbecue, put him in a suit. Yo, if you're standing on stage going, we're going to get you, you should just be up there with a couple of bloodhounds going, go get him, Blue. Smell the shirt, go get him. Damn, that Blue's a good dog. I'll tell you one thing I have realized, though. When you go to war, man, that's the one time when you really have to, like, appreciate rednecks, though. No, you know why? Because rednecks, they're, they're, like Amer- they're like the one group of people that actually want to go to war. Everybody else tries to get out of it. Like, rich people never go to war. You ask a college kid if he wants to go to war, he's just like, um, I'm taking this sociology class, and I think war is, like, really stupid. My roommate's, like, half Afghanis. So that's going to cause some static. <laughs> You ask a redneck if he wants to go to war, he's just like, hell yeah! Absolutely, I'm ready right now! You just point the direction, buddy, I'm ready to do this! No, they're frightening people, but you gotta utilize them. Seriously, you wanna scare the enemy, okay? And rednecks are like America's pit bulls. They should just sedate those people, drop them off in Afghanistan, just let them run wild. 
Just be like, dude, just go do everything you ever dreamed of doing. Just go crazy. Have one of your friends play the banjo, it'll scare the hell out of him. Seriously, you wouldn't want to draft a guy like me. I'm a comedian, I'm useless. I'm a coward, I don't like confrontations. You draft a redneck, not only is that dude a psycho, he'll actually save you money. Those guys show up to the army, like, here's your M16. They're like, I already got one. I got some stuff in the trunk you ain't ever seen before, buddy. I went on the internet, got me some of that surface-to-air stuff, took it out hunting, got me a moose and a duck at the same time. And I didn't even see the duck. Duck was over her. I'm aiming at the moose. Duck's over her. That's my peripheral over her. And the shot went up the moose's ass and the shrapnel from his antler hit the duck. Duck came down, it's the best damn duck ever, right? So anywho, I was taking the, uh, I don't know, you know the greatest thing about this job is I don't have a boss. That's what I love about this job. I never wanted a job where I had a boss. That's why he's always working like warehouses, because my boss gave me a rough time. I could just get on a forklift and just like drive away from him. <laughs> you know? And I realized I was too stupid to run a business. You know what I mean? I just knew I was never going to be that guy in like, you know, in the big office big long table going, we know we, in the fourth quarter, we need to increase, increase production, okay? Kathy, you're using a little bit too many paper clips and we need to just kind of tone that down, I'm not singling you out, we're just kind of... I could never do it, so I realized the only thing I could ever do, my greatest thing I could ever do, was work in one of those cubicles. And I refuse to do it. Cubicles should be illegal, man. You know what a cubicle basically says? It basically says like, you know what? We don't think you're smart enough for an office, but we don't want you to look at anybody. So you're gonna get in there and you're gonna shut your face. <laughs> and you just get in there and you're like hunched over, typing away. Around lunchtime, you pop your head up like a gopher, like, hey Steve, you wanna get a sandwich or something? I said get in there and shut your face. I was, I was just asking for a sandwich or something. God, I hate that guy. I really hate that guy. It's time to go on the internet and look for a weapon. Pathetic, man. You know what I love about the cubicle? I always love the pathetic attempt to try to make the cubicle like a home. You know what I mean? There's always like a stuffed animal in there or like a picture of your mom with like her disappointed eyes looking back out at you like, why have you accepted this as your lot in life? Why don't you have the balls to get up and walk out of this thing? I'm telling you, those people need to be rescued. You ever walk by a cubicle? The person in the cubicle always looks back out at you. Because they're starved for some sort of human contact. They'll just start up a conversation like, hey, hey, is it raining out? I haven't seen the sky in like six days. They don't let us look out the windows. So anywho, I got a uh, computer recently. That's like one of the biggest things in my life. I'm really trying to get like more like, you know, into this whole technology thing. I'm awful with computers. I'm one of those guys, basically every button I hit on my computer, my computer has to like shut down like regroup, somehow like deal with my idiocy, you know what I mean? Then there's always like some eight-year-old I see later on on a laptop like, ah. he's like breaking into the Pentagon, downloading movies that haven't even been made yet. I just got a plane ticket for six bucks. He just wanna like slam his head in the thing. I'll tell you the only thing I like about my computer is I really enjoy spell check. No, I love it. You know what I love about spell check? You don't have to be close to getting the word right. Have you ever noticed that? All you gotta do is just get it like somewhere like within the ballpark of the word. It's almost like your computer can just start guessing like, ah, shit, I don't know. Uh, 
dinosaur? You know, when you're sitting there like an idiot, like, nah. I wasn't trying to spell dinosaur. So then what does your computer do? It starts throwing out like every D word it can possibly think of. Like, okay, how about dictionary? Diary, any of this stuff looking familiar? Are we moving towards the goal or away from it? You ever spell a word so bad though, your spell check has absolutely no clue what the hell you're trying to spell? What do you end up getting? You end up getting like a question mark. You got a million dollars worth of technology just looking back at you like, just like, you got me, buddy? Which is pretty amazing, because I have all the words. Yeah, and that doesn't look like any of them. I can't even make a guess that's so screwed up. Would you like pass out and whack your head off the keyboard? Please tell me you're not that stupid. All right, that's it for me. You guys were a lot of fun. Thank you very much. I brought my car with me from Minnesota. That's right, 1989 Mazda 323 hatchback with a billion miles on it. That's right. My favorite thing to do with my hunk of junk car is uh, valet park. That's right. I love to valet park the hunk of junk car. Because there's nothing I like more than spending 10 minutes and $5 explaining how to drive my car to the man who is trying to work for a living. It's just, it goes something like, yeah, you have to start it in neutral. I'm sorry. The emergency brake doesn't, don't lock it. Don't lock it. Thank you. Now I have to climb through the hatch. And my car, people with really nice cars when they go to the valet are mean. And that's not okay. That's mean. So I like to play a little game with the valet guys. I like to pull up quick before they see the car, jump out, hand them the keys, and say very sternly, and hey, be careful. <laughs> and then they see my car, and we share a laugh. Thank you. And then I like to say, and I've written down the mileage. So if it's much above 197.5, enjoy riding. Somebody stole the tape deck out of my hunk of junk car. Somebody broke the passenger side window and stole the tape deck out of my vehicle. Uh, here's what I'd like to say to the Crips and or Bloods who dared to dream. Um, they broke the passenger side window to steal my $100 Best Buy tape deck. Who locks an 89 Mazda? <laughs> Check the door, dumbass. Take what you'd like. Oh my God. The other great thing about going around the country is I get to visit my parents for free. I recommend you work that into your lives somehow. I love my parents. They are very, very funny people. I come by this very honestly. They are not nice people. They are funny. They make up for it with the funny. And get, granted, I was, I was a mouthy child. I will give them that. But my mother, when she'd have enough of it, she'd say, come here, sit on my lap. Let's look up orphanages. <laughs> sure, funny now. And my father's a salesman. He sells, he sold everything, toupees, mausoleum crypts, but uh, mostly aluminum siding. Yes, my father sells aluminum siding. And the triumph of my father's aluminum siding career is that there is a brick house in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin that has aluminum siding on it. <laughs> 
house made out of brick. How did he make that sale? You don't have to ask him, he'll tell you. You should have heard the pitch. I just kept telling this guy, low maintenance, low maintenance, low maintenance, brickle chip. <laughs> and I, I was like, Dad, was that fair? And without missing a beat, he's like, what am I, Santa? Am I Gandhi? Am I some kind of social worker? I got overhead, because that's what he used to call us kids. He loved, he lo and it would drive him nuts when we sold stuff for school because we weren't making any money. But he didn't want to interfere, we needed to learn how to sell. So he would drive him up a tree, and he would never help us. He would never help us sell anything. You know how some parents will drag candy bars to work and push them on you? He would always say, it's your sale. You close the deal. <laughs> I'm seven. I was seven, and I was working the neighborhood for my first gig. I'm out selling candy bars for Little League, right? And I'm working the neighborhood, and life is good. I get home, and uh, he's sitting on the couch, just tweaking. He's like, how did it go? How did it go? How many candy bars did you sell? Was everybody home? Did you write down the not homes? Because you, you can go to the not homes tomorrow. No. I'm seven. I, I went to all the houses in the neighborhood, Dad, except for the houses that said no soliciting because the coach said you're not supposed to go there because those people don't want you. He freaked. You didn't go to the no... Tomorrow you go to the no solicit... Do you know why those people got those signs up? They'll buy anything. <laughs> they didn't even want those signs. I was 10 years old and my, my sister and I are having a contest to see who can sell the most candles for church. You know, the tall crystallized candles with the pictures of Jesus and Santa shaking hands. Okay, so there's candle boxes stacked all around the house and my dad has had it. He's like, are you two making any money on this? And we're like, no, we're selling them for church, dad. And he says, yeah, and now you're gonna learn something. Time for the Cation game show, Moral Compromise. He says, okay, how much you selling them for? We say, 350 each. He says, now you two are gonna sell them for five. And that's how we learned how to skim off the top. <laughs> he's got all kinds of advice, you know. He's got all kinds of advice about showbiz, and he says, it's just like sales. You gotta make your opportunities, you gotta take your opportunities. You remember what Jesus said? You give a man a fish, that man knows where to come for fish. <laughs> you teach a man to fish, and you've just destroyed your market base. <laughs> the hell is your problem? I was trying to figure out um, who I wouldn't hang out with, or who wouldn't hang out with me, and like, because I like video games. I am not the demographic of the video game lover. But I love the video game. I am not a six-year-old boy who collects action figures, nor am I a 26-year-old man who collects action <laughs> figures. But uh, I love the video games, and the news hates the video games. So I hate the news. That's right, piss off news. Uh, I don't like the news. The news is full of crazies who want me to be scared all the time, so they can just bite it. And uh, I, I don't have any time for the news. No. the news. Do Skittles cause VD? Find out at six. <laughs> the news is always trying to scare you. And, uh, and, and the, the ads try to scare you. Joel, oh, I just, it makes
makes me so mad when you, but we've all seen the ad for burial insurance, right? Burial insurance with the two old women sitting at the kitchen table, two in the morning, uh, talking about their old dead friend who's like the, obviously the worst old dead person ever because she didn't get burial insurance. And now her grandkids are going to have to eat cat food so that they can find the money to bury her. No! They will bury you! Oh my god, I want to find the old people and say, don't buy, what? They will, do you know why? Society hates a rotting corpse, you big freak. <laughs> Causes the plague. Yeah! And the news hates video games. And they hate the video games, they blame everything on the video games. And it's true, it's true that there are plenty of video games that tiny children should not play. I am a grown-up lady and I need to shoot I think it's best it occur fictionally. So, uh, yeah, and it's true also that the more horrifying the storyline behind a video game, the more fun the video game. I don't know why that's true. I don't make the rules, but that's the rule with video games. If there were a video game where you stab babies in their sleep, it would be horrible, but I'd be in my room going, hey, 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 I win. The worst premise ever of any video game ever? Final Fantasy Legend for Game Boy. First one. Oh my god, it's kind of role-playing. You get to pick four companions. You go to five different worlds. You meet the heads of those worlds and kill them. And then you get to meet God. And God is a tiny Amish man on the Game Boy screen. And then you kill God. And that's the worst premise ever. I know that. I'm not made of stone up here. But it's the best. It was the best. It took me eight months to beat that game. It was the best $65 I've ever spent in my life. I stood in front of God for a month, switching guys, switching weapons. I couldn't kill him. I gave up. I called the Nintendo game counselors. It's real. It's not free. It's $2.99 a minute to talk to Eric. He's 12. He makes fun of you. All right, that was Bill Burr and Jackie Cation, both from their Comedy Central Presents. I kind of want to do a thing. Tell me what you think of this, Coach. Yeah. I have an idea for a possible... It's, it's less of a segment and more just a fun thing for me where people can email in. What do you think the connection between these two clips was? Yeah. There is a connection. It's I, I don't want to give it away because I kind of do want people to send it in. Come on, Kanye. <laughs> it's, it's not like I, i'll give you a hint for this one and it's not it's not material um it was not material wise it was just a connection that i made while i was doing this and uh i i really love bill burr i'm a i'm a huge fan i just saw him live uh in new york i can't say where because uh technically uh, i don't think this was supposed to be happening or speakeasy. Uh, yeah it's speakeasy comedy and uh he's just one of the greats, truly, and these old specials of his, I really love seeing. It's fun to see him like as a fresh face. I think he's like thirty four in uh, in this one yeah. and um, in this special, and it's 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 just a great half hour. It's um, go back and and watch the whole thing if you can because it's fun to see 
that Bill Burr has kind of always been saying the same things, just in a new way. But he he just go, keeps going deeper into himself, which is interesting. I, I like that that he does that. And if you watch his, he has an HBO half hour too. That's really great, and you can see the the edginess in him, but also the silliness, which is exactly what I love. And a lot of his comedy is about population control and how he doesn't want there to be he's like there he's always saying there's too many people there's too many people and that is a very big underlying concept in his uh in his comedy and if you watch that snl monologue set he does that in there and he also has a thing he has a bit about uh white women within this half hour and he also did in the in the snl monologue did you watch the monologue no did i uh laughing <laughs> my ass off i have not laughed that hard on some shit i seen on tv because i was like why aren't we talking about this i want to point out that you see this take is not a rare thing in uh in new york comedy that uh my buddy nathan mcintosh has a bit about this that i think is just an A plus home run. If you go to his Instagram, you can find it. But uh, it's him performing at the Village Underground, doing a similar bit. But it's it's different. It's not the same bit, but it's the same take, and uh, it's just brilliantly done about how did uh, white women uh, evade um, this? Like they were part of it for like five seconds. Like they were part of the I, like oh white people I, are evil thing, and I, then they just jumped out of it. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny, but. But, uh, uh, but, but Burr's a legend. I've been listening to his uh, his old podcast clips. I and, used to listen to his podcast all the time, and I think just because I listen to so many podcasts, I kind of I just don't listen to as many as I used to. Yeah. Uh, that I I, I just uh, I don't listen to that one as much as I used to. But I really loved Bill Burr's podcast when I used to listen to it. I used to listen to it all the time. But I think he's just the best. I told you in L.A. because we um, we were doing some pre-recordings and I had just been gushing about how much I love love Bill Burr and then the next night I met him for the first time and he doesn't know me at all but yeah he couldn't have been nicer we talked for like an hour and he was so cool and I just I'm a huge fan I think he has such good takes on things not always I don't always. he's the perfect example of somebody who I don't always have to agree with but I find him funny I don't I don't always agree with him I think that sometimes conspiracy theory comedy rubs me the wrong way but I <laughs> I still really enjoy watching how he does it and he's just true to himself and I really appreciate it I would say to the listeners I consider Bill Burr this is just me and I'm nobody but I consider Bill Burr to be a very urban comic I think like, you're right. I mean, I think he he did do. He was one of those guys who came up doing every kind of room. And I, yeah. I remember hearing him talk about on podcasts that he would go up and do. He would go do black rooms where a lot of yeah. comics wouldn't. And I think that that is, you know, the best comics are able to do to go to any kind, like any room, and it yeah. doesn't matter. But I think that there's comics who are like af- afraid that they'll be booed and all this shit. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy, but I I really respect the fact that Bill Burr is somebody who was like, no, I'm gonna go everywhere, and he was really tight with Patrice, I think, because of that, um, and because he's just great. He's just a yeah, great comic. Good. He's pretty good. Let me ask you this: Why, besides the mystery link between the two bits, why why Jackie? I think I picked Jackie this week because I I had a long drive 
I, I drove, uh, you know, 12, 13 hours back to New York. And whenever I do that, I like to throw on the podcasts and, uh, and stand up. And I was listening to the Jackie and Lori show. And I, I, that's one of my favorite podcasts to just binge through. I don't know if anybody else has this. I, I'm so addicted to my own industry that even in my free time, I'm listening. I, I find it like oddly cal- calming to listen to podcasts where comedians are talking about doing stand-up and doing the road and stuff. And so Jackie and Lori talk about every gig they do. They talk about like, oh, I had this bar show and this is what happened and this oh. is how much time I did and this is how much uh. of the new worked. And uh, the other podcasts I listen to like that, I, I have a male and female counterpart uh, to this where I listen to the Jackie and Lori show and I also listen to Tuesdays with Stories because they do the same thing. Before I moved to New York, I used to listen to Tuesdays with Stories all the time because I was like, oh, they're doing exactly what I want to do. They're doing the road and they're doing New York clubs and they're doing late nights and they're talking about it in detail. And I was like, it was, it was like watching my own dreams, you know? Yeah. Um, and what's funny now is now I'm doing all this stuff and I still listen to that stuff because it's just, it's fun to hear somebody else's yeah, I hear take you. on your life. Yeah, you get, you get uh, I don't know if that makes sense. No, you get a connection through there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But because yeah. of that, I've been listening. I, I've just had Jackie's voice in my head and, uh, you know, a lot, another podcaster just like Bill Burr. So that's, well, there's one connection, but that's not the one that I'm looking for. Uh, I'm curious if people will find this because it's a they're little not. bit of a weird link. I don't they're think not. anybody will figure it out. Tom, but if you not. do, you know what? I'll give you a little shout out and a, maybe a retweet or something. I got to figure out a better way to reward people than yeah, uh, the ways I'm doing it. Got to give them t-shirts, man. Dude, we got to get these t-shirts, man. Yeah, we got to get some t-shirts. Hey, coach, I have somebody asking for a little comedy advice. What do you think? I'm with it, man. Do you I give it to them? Do I break a little piece of this advice off of these people? I don't know uh, where they're going to tell these jokes at because in L.A. is shut the fuck that's down. That's what I'm curious about. I kind of want to be like, hey, where are you going up at? Can I also go up there? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's your whole segment. You're like, send me in your comedy advice so you can crash their fucking show and yeah, your mic. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll give you the advice in person. I'll do a class. I did do... Uh, I'll, I'll explain it in a second. So this is Jessica, and she says, uh, Tom, I'm doing my first stand-up bit in less than two weeks. I have three minutes. What advice can you give to someone starting out in stand-up other than to be funny? And uh, I just was at an open mic this past week because I, I stayed in Indiana for an extra week just to... I was already out there. I didn't feel like driving uh, an extra, you know, 12 hours for only a, like a four-day trip. So I stayed. I did a, a local open mic. And one thing I will tell you is, uh, one, it was kind of, it was really fun to just watch people be dog shit at stand-up again. <laughs> like, I, I think I missed that as much as I missed the good stuff. Just watching some people who are new and just not have any idea what they're doing. And I got to go up. And it's also fun to go up on shows like that and be like, here's your little class. <laughs> um, just watch <laughs> the king. Uh, All right, no, big playing. dog. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> now watch the big dog eat. Um I will say this. This was my number one pet peeve from watching this set, or from watching all these sets. You said you have a three-minute set. Do a three-minute set. Do not do a <laughs> three-and-a-half-minute set. Don't do a four-minute set. Don't do a five. Because I've seen that happen where somebody's like, oh, I had three minutes, and it flew by. I did seven minutes. I have so much material. No uh, one's no. impressed that you did no. more time. No. They're mad because there's probably 15 of you going on. 
doing three minutes or 20 and each person doing an extra minute that adds time that's a lot of time and it's disrespectful to the room it's disrespectful to the other comedians and it just irked me because i had to go up two and a half hours into this damn show and it was fun it was still really fun and i also wasn't actually mad i was kind of just grateful to be in a room of comedy but uh i was like what is this why are people doing this um the other thing is you have three minutes bullet point your ideas and practice practice in a mirror um practice this is what i did i I may have said this before because what a lot of comics aren't ready for is how bright the lights are it's very bright on stage and your first few times doing it you're like oh i can't see anything i thought that you in your head you picture yourself seeing everything so i used to do this thing to prepare when i was really trying to get used to it and i didn't have a lot of stage time I would have a I would take the lampshade off of a lamp and have it close to my face while I would do it just to get myself comfortable with how bright it was going to be. That might be an insane thing to do, but it it did no, work for me. That matters. Um uh, because it's it's so embarrassing to see somebody going the oh, the lights are so bright. Uh that was part of our bingo sheet of uh, of things new people do. Also, if you can skip it, skip the joke where you go, this is my first time doing stand-up. It's going to be a lot like me having sex for the first time. It's going to be over in three minutes and burr, burr, burr. That's, it's been done. Every single person does it when they first start out. So maybe just do it, but I, I would recommend not doing it. I like um, it, Jessica. <laughs> Uh, Jessica, I wish you the best of luck, but again, I I would say this just because, you know, to be a contrarian, um, when I am contrarian, just to give you something else to think about the the comedy is a, it's like a, a very selfish, um, like it's a very selfish career, but it's actually not. No, but listen, listen, listen. It's a selfish career. You know what? Producing's pretty fucking selfish, <laughs> coach. No. Oh, I, I, here's a here's a better I can wait. It's a it's a mistakenly selfish career because I think people get into it thinking it's about them, but it's actually not. It's literally about the other people, and the people who figure that out are the ones who had the most success. So the reason why I say that is like, Jessica, I think that you should really humble yourself to all the hours that people put in. Because I think some people look at other comics and the institution of comedy and not and don't respect it for what it is. Like, it's a real thing. It existed before you. It, it exists after you. And you should humble yourself to it. Respect the rooms. Respect the, the, the guy running the show. Respect all of that shit. And take your time. And also, one thing that anyone should do starting anything, you have to ask yourself why you're doing it. And when you ask yeah. yourself why you're doing it, it'll help guide you. Because if you don't ask yourself why you're doing it, you might find yourself up in a, in a tough situation. I think that's a I think that's a good point. Uh, I also think, yeah, just get up uh, and get it over with. You already signed up for it. That's the hardest. That's that's yeah. ninety percent there. And then not doing the first one. The reality is, no matter how it goes, it. If you keep doing it five years from now, you will not be proud of what you did. You'll go, that <laughs> yeah, was just, that. I just had to do that and get it over with. But that's how most people are. Some yeah. people go, oh, I was good right off the bat, and uh, some people are. fuck them. No, <laughs> no, 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 it's what it's but, just a thing where you got to get it through. But there, there's there's a there's just like people who you could tell that are like, well, I kind of want to be an actor, and 
my agent says I should do this. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying Yeah, some people they that's good for them. That yeah, they, and it some works peop- for them. And some people are like, Man, I just can't stop listening to stand up and I don't know what I'm attracted to. And I'm like, you should spend some time trying to figure that out because what motivates you is going to determine how you thrive within within the stand up community. I like it. I think we've I think we've given Jessica some good advice. I hope I hope we did, uh, Jessica. So uh, good luck. Let us know how it goes. Message us and tell us how it goes. I hope that the advice is helpful. And uh, we should wrap this bad boy up, Coach. We got one more clip for these people, and I think we I think we owe it to them to give it to them. This is uh, my buddy Casey James Salingo, and it's from the show This Week at the Comedy Cellar. Just a killer set. You can see the whole clip on Comedy Central stand-up YouTube page. Here is Casey James Salingo. Uh, it's funny when you get on these apps, you can tell how long a lot of girls have been on these apps, but just how mean and specific their bios get. You know what I'm talking about? Because like, they have like every asshole in New York City. Like a girl who's on their news, like, I'm from California. I like horses. <laughs> a girl who's been there a while is like, no creeps, no weirdos, no mama's boys. No Libras, no Kevins. No zookeepers, no Mennonites. We go for one drink, you don't look at me, my friend Cheryl's coming. All right. Sounds too good to be true, man. Can't believe you're still alone. Um, my girlfriend and I have been talking about having babies, and uh, the way the abortion laws are going, we gotta really mean it. You know what I'm saying? Who, uh, daddy? Getting sticky down there, baby. Uh, I think abortion should be legal. I think it's uh, whatever you want to do to your body, get in there, you know? You want to give yourself, come on, baby, get into it. Clap for him. You want to give yourself open heart surgery? That's yours to root around in there, baby. Whatever you want. I, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision to get an abortion because I, uh, I probably want to keep it and I'm very poor. It's just being this little guy eating cat food under a bridge. <laughs> one for daddy, one for this guy, two for daddy, daddy. Nice. Dad likes to give I don't think I wouldn't be a good mother. It's too much responsibility. I couldn't handle. I've locked myself in a hot car, so I <laughs> I couldn't figure. I'm like, was this electric? I can't. Daddy's going. I'm going down. All right, it's getting steamy. That board is tough. I do love babies. I love babies way too much for a big, gangly man with a blonde mustache. Nobody likes it. Nobody's comfortable with it. Uh, I found this out recently. I think as a man, you're not supposed to like babies as much as a woman. I found this out. I had a girlfriend come up to a group of friends, and she was like, I thought it's baby. I'm <laughs> <laughs> ignoring that. Uh, like, I thought it's baby. <laughs> On the subway. It was so cute. My ovaries were aching. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's so cute. I can't imagine. You know? They're like, you're ready to be a mom. That's what that means. You know that, right? I couldn't be like, man. <laughs> Just saw this baby in Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> it was so cute. My balls were quivering. <laughs> I mean, God damn. He's dressed like a sailor. Come on, dude. I ain't gonna do me like that, bro. You could, you could hear my jeans hum, boys. Like, that's a, a good-looking boy. 
Welcome ashore. All right, that was Casey James Salengo from his set on This Week at the Comedy Cellar. You can see that whole set on Comedy Central's stand-up YouTube page, and I recommend you do. It's a killer. I love that guy. And uh, follow him wherever you can. Get his album. And uh, if you like the show today, just like Netflix has their little algorithm, this is the Tom Takargorithm. If you like Bill Burr, like I said earlier, check out Nathan McIntosh, a fellow red-headed loudmouth who is uh, hilarious, one of my favorites. And uh, if you like Jackie Cation, check out her podcast co-host, Lori Kilmartin, and check out their podcast, The Jackie and Lori Show. If you like this show, rate and review it on iTunes. We appreciate the positive reviews. If you got a negative one, why don't you shove it up that old butthole of yours and uh, send to us emails at suttpod at gmail.com. If you have a joke detective that you need, uh, send that over. And if you have jokes for us, email it or not email it. Don't email it. Uh, go to the link on my Instagram bio to submit jokes. That'll do it for us this week. On behalf of Coach T, I'm Tom Dakar. We will see you next week with more Stand Up with Tom Dakar. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.